For this episode of Guest Practices, I welcome Robin Speculand. Robin is the co-founder of the Strategy Implementation Institute, CEO of Bridges Business Consultancy, and happens to be my co-partner as one of the Ticking Clock Guys, which is named after our exclusive digital implementation model. Robin is also an author, and we focus on the story behind his new book, World's Best Bank, to uncover the secrets of how Southeast Asia Bank DBS became the best in the world in their industry. And let me tell you, there are lessons for all industries within this videocast. Digitalization has almost become a hygiene factor for organizations in the haste to transform their business model in the current unsettling, uncertain business environment. Various digital native stories have been talked about and published, but what about a traditional organization transforming to a digitally driven organization? How does it radically change its business model? Where should it focus? What are the most common challenges and how can it succeed when four out of five digital transformations fail? Let's find out. Hello and welcome to this episode of Guest Practices. For today, I welcome Robin Speculand. Robin, thanks for joining me. Great to be with you again, Jeremy. Well, of course, I know you very well, but would you please introduce yourself, your business and your amazing new book to our listeners today? With pleasure. So hi to everyone. I'm Robin Speculand. I lived for the last 30 years in Singapore, where I had the pleasure of meeting Jeremy. And in the last few years, he and I have collaborated as our anonymous name, the Ticking Clock Guys, to produce a model for implementing uh, digital. And as our partnership grew, so did our friendship. And for me, myself, I'm an ex-city banker from the 90s. And then in 2000, I started my own company in strategy implementation. And that's my passion. And I now run three uh, businesses all focused on that field. And my new book, A World's Best Bank, is the work and time I spent with DBS and the CEO, Pierce, who was an ex-colleague at City. And I had the opportunity to research and work with the leadership team and was given two years of you know, uh, access to the bank. And from that, the world's best bank has been written. And I'm delighted. This is the first podcast I'm doing because the, bo- the book is not even out for another three weeks till June the 30th. Well, and I, I've been privileged enough to uh, see little glimpses here and there of that. And it is just a great ride, which we'll get into in a little bit. But let's get to the heart of the matter, first of all. When we look out there, Robin, there are so few examples of digital transformation yeah. being done well. So before we get into the book and how one organization has exceeded expectations in that respect, why do so many organizations fail to leverage digital successfully? Yeah, Jeremy, it's a great question. Great way to start. Why is it? I mean, when you look at the research from people like ourselves under Bridges and McKinsey and Forbes and IBM and others, you and I both identify that less than one in five organizations are succeeding in digital transformation. And it's a horrendous failure rate. And the top three reasons this happened, and you know, I, I'm quoting to you our research, so you know, but for everyone else, is that the culture doesn't support the transformation. The leaders don't get their mindset around what needs to change. And an organization thinks, well, you know, I'll, I'll automate my processes. I'll put in some chatbots. 
But no, it's about redesigning your whole process. And there's so many moving parts involved, you know, even under the name digital, we have to learn about AI, coding, Python. We've got to learn about data analytics, how to do hackathons, conduct customer mapping, become data driven. And then on the transformation side, we've got to learn how to transform in a digital world. And when you put those two together for digital transformation, that's why this is such an enormous challenge for organizations and leaders. And I'm not surprised because we're often, as you're talking there, of course, I reflect on some things that we've talked about a lot, which is this isn't digital transformation. In fact, it's whole business transformation. Yeah. It can't happen before it. And everything that you've mentioned there is really so much about the human touch, the culture, the leaders, the the if you like, the look at one part of the issue rather than the whole thing. So the technology, thinking it about a technology play rather than a whole business play. So having all of this together is really important, but of course, is catching many out. So so let's look at the flip side of that. And you know, tell us, before we get into the book, tell us a potted history of how DBS leveraged digitalization and the importance of their enlightened leader in not just defining that strategy, but leading the implementation. Uh, nicely put. And, and you're spot on because my opening quote in the book from myself is you don't need a digital strategy. You need a strategy in a digital world. So you're absolutely right. And DBS seven years ago, back in 2014, they preempted almost every other bank in the world and they saw that the new technologies were an opportunity. Now, what do I mean by that? It, at that point in 2014, banking was a burden. On your day off, you had to take care of your banking. It was a hassle. You'd have to get in your car, drive down to your local branch, find a parking space, possibly walk in the rain, then you know, find a form to fill in, find a pen that worked. And that's before you even got to the desk with the queue and then and just to do a simple transaction. And there was a research done, it was published in Times Magazine that said 73% of people would prefer to have root canal than visit their local branch. Uh -huh. So what was the problem? Well, DBS recognized that if people saw banking as painful, they could reverse this and the enlightenment from the leadership was they were sitting together in their annual meeting and they said, well, what's the opposite of pain is joy. Let's make banking joyful. And that was the name of the strategy and the approach that was then taken to leverage new, the new technologies to make banking invisible and joyful for their customers. Wow. And you know, the first thing that you said, it's, it's about a strategy in a digital world. Uh, we are in that and the pace of change is so quick. But the, the point about having a root canal as preference to visiting a bank, I do get actually from some of my experiences. And what a way to talk about banking, you know, making banking joyful or making banking invisible. It just brings the human touch back, doesn't it, into the center yeah. of it. And it's, when we say the human touch, I mean, inside the book, World's Best Bank, 
It's based around the three strategic principles that they use to transform. And these strategic principles are generic, not just for banks, but any organization. And that is about re-architecting your technology, being customer obsessed, and looking at the culture. And of course, when we talk about the people component, it's both the customer and your internal customer and you know, creating joyful experiences for the employees, which they've done because it's become you know, one of the best places to work as well. And you you are the expert that has captured this story and you have been intimate with the bank, with its leadership, with with the journey as well. So without giving too much away, of course, in the book itself, what would be, in your view, the four or five factors for DBS's successful adoption of digital that every yeah. organization can learn from? So it's uncharted territory, isn't it? I mean, all of us are going into this digital transformation that we all know has been accelerated over the last couple of years. So how can we get it right? That's the burning question that I wanted to answer. So you can see the subtitle. It's a strategic guide for digital, you know, to, to digital transformation for you. So the book is packed with best practices, hard-won insights, that the bank did as an early adopter. So when we look, for example, under the three strategic principles, you think about re-architecturing your technology. Well, at the time, 80% of their technology was outsourced and they realized if they wanted to be fast and react quickly to the demands, they had to have the skill insight. So from the people component, they reskilled all their people and they basically moved from being outsourced managers to tech managers. And along with that, they put in the framework. So there's an inside the book, I give you the five steps of how you, for example, adopt DevOps, you look at agile, you accelerate your time to market and other areas. And then under the customer, you know, how do you truly become customer obsessed? Now, Jeremy, you and I've worked with different companies who said, we want to be number one in customer service, but they never really get there. Digital, because of the opportunities, it allows us to truly become customer obsessed. What's the difference? Well, first of all, now we have the data and we have massive amount of data on our customer, but also we have new tools, which I explain in the book that many of us are using now. Customer journey mapping, pain point identification, using hackathons, design thinking. And you're going to find stories and examples of how these came alive for the employees, but more importantly, embedding the customer into the bank. And then under the third area in the culture, it's the I explain the five steps that we call the A, B, C, D, E, that it tells you how to truly build a startup culture. It sounds so densely rich with insights, but insights that you can use, which is really important when you're trying to get to action around this. One thing that will be really interesting in what you've just said there for, for many who have been through this is that that trend of outsourcing certain services and managed services to start to look at different ways of doing business has been somewhat reversed here. 
by understanding that that is actually the core driver. That's the engine. Digital becomes the enabler for the business. So we need to become experts in it. And that's where then the new skills, behaviors, and knowledge comes from that they have to invest in. And I really get that. And we've seen that happen successfully. But we, I know that we've also seen that that has been horrendous in some of the organizations that we've been into. So there's quite a lot going on here um, in the book. And, And I'd love to know then how you tell the story of the bank's transformation kind of from start to finish while providing the readers throughout the practical advice for their own situations? Yeah, so the journey is broken up into what the bank calls its three strategic waves. So it starts with the battle cry on the beach. And I introduced when Pierce was standing on the beach in 2014 with his leaders around him. And he said in you know, the next few years, we want to be the world's best bank. Now, many of you have probably not even heard of DBS because it's not a global bank. In Singapore, we all know it, but not the rest of the world. So to say we want to be the world's best was already a very ambitious or a BHAG goal that they were looking to do. Why did they want to achieve it? Because they recognized that technology would transform the industry. And in fact, Jeremy, they created a revolution They've revolutionized the way banking has done. They didn't set out to do that, but that's what they achieved. So that's the introduction. And I introduced how the first strategy, which was building their Asian presence, laid the groundwork. Then in the second strategy, under the digital wave, I cover the three areas that we've talked about, which is the architecture of the technology, being customer obsessed, and the culture as a startup. And then also, just as I was about to publish 12 months ago, we all know what was happening globally. And the CEO, Piyush, asked me to add in how they responded to COVID and what happened with sustainability. So then I end the book with the the final focus on how a bank responds to sustainability and COVID. Wow. And so throughout that narrative, and that journey, which is great that you've managed to capture what happened over the last year as well within this and how they responded to a crisis like this. And probably they were one of the banks that were best positioned to do so based on the transformation that they've done, having yeah. learned a lot of these new Sorry. techniques. So what do you provide for readers going through this who want to capture some of this for their own actions throughout the book? Because I know that you've worked hard in making it practical as well. Yes. Yeah, so. The story is a wonderful narrative on its own, but of course, what can we take away from it? So throughout the book, I've woven in the best practices and highlighted them for you. So let me give you some examples. So one of the things they did very smartly early on was they recognized that everyone has to go back to school in a digital transformation. So for anyone who was wanted to do a course for about 300 pounds or a thousand Singapore dollars, they didn't have to apply for manager's approval. In other words, you could choose whatever you want to do. And you and I both know that when someone chooses to do something, they're five times more likely to do it. So this was tremendously successful in re-educating the workforce. But more importantly, they only had one covet, which is when you came back, you had to share the learning with your colleagues, which was a best practice they adopted from Google. By doing that, of course, it makes sure that you learn while you're on the course and also you select wisely. 
So, you know, that's just one of the examples. Another thing that they did extremely well is they became one of the first companies in the world to show on their P&L and balance sheet the value of digital customers. And they discovered that digital customers bring in twice the income. Now, this they discovered in 2017, which was a breakthrough because it reinforced everything that needed to be done. And let me just share one more example, if you don't mind, which is when you adopt digital, you have to eliminate bureaucracy. And DBS asked itself, what's the biggest roadblock to our success? And they answered that again in their leadership meeting. And it was meetings themselves, ironically. And they developed an approach from an experiment that became known as Mojo. MO stands for meeting observer, JO for joy, uh, meeting organizer, and JO for joyful observer. And they put in a governance for the structure of meetings because the meetings were too long or too unorganized. They didn't start on time. They weren't effective. So they reversed that. And the meeting organizer was responsible for making sure it started on time, had an agenda, involved everyone, and the joyful observer would give feedback on their performance. And today they use digital nudges and every month the meeting organizer gets feedback automatically on their performance. And Jeremy, if the leader, if the meeting organizer has too much negative feedback, they're banned from organizing a meeting. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. But what I love more is that DBS have rediscovered their mojo, which is fantastic. I've never had the <laughs> opportunity to say that. <laughs> so I love it. DBS truly are the revolutionaries of the banking industry, but not just banking. Uh, reflecting on this, it's across all industries that can yeah. that can learn from this. It's not just financial services. So much, and I think some, you know, the most important point that, that came out of that last piece there is the income that can come in, that can double through looking at digital and the digital customers. And we know from the research that we've done that many organizations that have adopted digital, and particularly over the last year, we've seen this actually, innovation comes from it. They have discovered new solutions and services they didn't know could even exist without that digital first. And that's what they've pioneered here. And uh, and I think that's great that, you know, they've challenged the norms of doing business and in, in the way that we talk about it, they've challenged the 20th century way of doing business and they've started to adopt and walk the talk around 21st century business. And I have to add on to what you just said, because you're now running almost like your own business, which, of course, makes you your own inner CEO. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, of course, that's a, another best selling book right? Well worth <laughs> but, reading. Yeah. So um, look, the book is coming out fairly soon, Robin, June but 30th. also I know that um, I know that a lot of organizations value your expertise. You do a lot of keynote speaking and masterclasses around this. So first of all, how can people get hold of the book once it's launched at the end of this month? And how do people get in touch with you to engage you for um, speaking, for to talk to their leadership briefings and so on? So the Landing page for the book is worlds without the apostrophe. So worlds hyphen best hyphen bank. And from there, you'll be, which is shown on the screen below that Jeremy's giving me a hint on, you'll be able to click. 
And one of the messages in digital transformation is you're not selling a singular product, you're selling a platform. Now, for some people, they may not be familiar with the language. So very simply, a platform, for example, is when you go to order a car hire on Uber or Grab in Asia or whichever platform, you're not just offered a car hire, you can order your groceries, you can buy movie theater tickets. So today, four out of the five uh, top companies in the world are based on platform model. So when I was getting ready to market the book, I thought, well, you can't sell a product, you got to sell a platform. So when you visit the landing page, you'll see the platform that promotes all the different implementation support that you may need to help you. So for example, there's an individual digital maturity index, there's an organizational benchmark against DBS, um, there's my keynote, there's virtual courses, there's other books that I've written on the subject, and all of the this content is to support you, because remember, less than one in five organizations are succeeding in digital transformation, and my mission and focus has been to help organizations close that horrendous gap so we can be more successful. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. So not only has the bank found their mojo, you found yours too. So it's about time I got my act together and did the same. I've been privileged enough to see you develop that platform. And I would urge everybody listening or watching to click that link and go and have a look. Um, get in touch with Robin, Robin, start the conversation. Robin, it's been a real pleasure. It's been fascinating. Lots of insights and lots of action we could take. Thanks for joining me. Always a delight, Jeremy. Thank you for the invitation. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining our Guest Practices videocast. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel through the link below or check out our website to access more in our current series of expert interviews.